Today is Monday, June 28th, 2021. The time is 10.28 p.m. I am standing in my closet with a microphone, and I couldn't be happier to welcome you to Episode 7 of The Harsh Show. I'm Alex Harshaw, one of two hosts in this episode, but more on that later. For now, allow me to introduce Emily Rivera. I've known Emily for nearly a decade, but in recent years, we've been in constant orbit of each other. We have many similar friends and interests, and as a result, we often communicate via social media, but rarely meet face-to-face. This conversation was a fun, official introduction after years of warm yet distant association. In this episode, Emily and I discuss social media, marriage, education, and the Grateful Dead. If you're listening to my voice on Spotify, consider firing up YouTube instead. For most of the series, I've been prioritizing audio for Spotify in my editing process. But for this episode, I gave the video seniority for once. If you decide to stay with the audio, you'll be fine. But if you take my recommendation, I think you'll be happy with your decision. Just saying. And with that, please enjoy episode seven. And thanks again for listening to The Heart Show. Hi. Hi. What are your songs about? Do you have a pet sort of themes that you repeat? Well, the pet theme really is, uh, you know, why worry? I mean, I mean, you can be pretty happy if you put your mind to it. first started talking over Instagram because uh, in reality, I don't really know how much we've even seen each other in person. I like, don't remember how we met or anything like that. You went to Shawnee, right? Yeah. So that is it. And then yeah. we have friends in common. We have Jordan in common. And yeah. that's kind of it. <laughs> exactly. So it seemed like even though I knew you that far back, I'll be honest, I just knew you were Gabe Ziegler's girlfriend at the time. Weird. I haven't even thought of it in so long. That's great. Yeah. I, were you guys was, friends? Were you and Gabe friends? Uh, enough. Like, we didn't, like, hang out all the time. Uh, I was closer friends with Charlie, who was very mm. close friends with Gabe. And, right. uh, like, we got along whenever we were around. But, uh, I don't know. That's just, that was just kind of, like, the angle I saw it from. But then I went on Instagram and I checked where our conversation began and i'm gonna look now i have to see oh okay i won't i won't spoil it for you oh no 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 is it it weird (laughs) is it embarrassing no it really isn't it's it's kind of funny (laughs) why did i reply to your story on june 23rd 2018 and just said daddy (laughs) what the fuck and then on june 24th i said one more time for the people in the back daddy 
<laughs> what the hell? Okay. <laughs> Why did you even? When I voted yes, you should have been like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, no. that's cool. I was looking forward to this one. Cool. That's so funny. Ooh, okay. The very first thing you sent me, or that I respond to you first, mm -hmm. and uh, it was in a response to vegetarian enchiladas that you made in August 2018. I think they were pretty good enchiladas. I like kind of remember them. Like Instagram, when I put something on my story, it helps like lock it in my brain as a memory. So like, I feel like all those little like quilted pieces of stuff, like day to day, little random dumb things. Yeah, it's, I've found myself doing that same too. Like I'll, I'll look through the archives. Yeah. Whoever's in charge of Instagram really knows what they're doing. Cause like, it's so, there's like a utility to it versus something like Snapchat, which everything is just kind of like, is there and it's gone. And like, there's not much depth to it. But if you're on Instagram, long enough and you interact with it in the way that you and I do, I feel like there's like some, over time, there's like some actual value in it. 100%, it's a one app. So I've been really like, I don't know, like social media in itself is just causing a lot of anguish, I think in a lot of people's lives. And so Instagram is one of the few that I feel like I just can't get rid of. Like Twitter, yeah, I could live without it. I did delete Snapchat recently just for that same reason. I just wasn't liking it. And then, I don't know, Facebook, I have to keep for family. And then Instagram though, for me, it's like this old like scrapbook kind of thing. And you can literally scroll through. And if you go fast enough, you can see like color changes of like phases I was in. Like there's like a whole section on bicycling, which I haven't biked in like three years. And then there's like a whole like, you know, like there's all these different in interests that you have that kind of just like you can cycle through. It's really cool. I love Instagram. <laughs> I do too. I wish like, I wish Facebook didn't own it. I, I have. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Instagram, uh, what did, how do you choose what to share? <laughs> I wish it was up to me. Um, usually I'm drunk <laughs> and I post on my story um, and then I shame delete it later. Uh, but like on my story, like it's different than post. Post I'm a lot more selective about because I have it tied to my Facebook. So post is always more like button down, what I want my coworkers to see. And then story because you can kind of toggle through the settings of who sees it. I'm a little bit more wild. Like I definitely, I prefer to share like funny, humorous things, like little goofy situations. If I'm at the store alone and I see something and it makes me laugh or I think of a joke, it's kind of where I like put all my intrusive thoughts. <laughs> That's pretty fun. I mean, like a lot of people that I follow on Instagram, they, they don't use it like that at all, but it's, it seems like when you post stuff on your stories, there's like a narrative when you start with it and uh, you're a bit of a storyteller in that way, it seems. Yeah, I get on these like kicks cause like I'll get one silly little idea then all of a sudden like I start thinking about it more and more and more and then I think of more little weird ideas and I can't just like leave them. So I end up making like a whole like throughput. <laughs> I don't know. I've been really spending a lot of time assessing what I'm putting on social media, how, when, why. And I've been feeling a lot of shame and embarrassment actually about my social really? media presence lately. Yeah, I just like, I never did before, but I don't know what it's been as of late. Everything I post, I'm like, oh my God, is that like so cringy? Is like, you know, does anyone care? Like, why am I even feeling that people need to see this moment? And I've had a, like, I don't know, I haven't figured it out, but it's definitely like a new era that I'm entering into of just like, why do I, I don't know, just a, a lot of 
shameful feeling surrounding it actually and wow. embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a shame. I, I like watching your stories. It is. Well, it's nice when people see that. It makes you feel good. But I think you spend a lot of time, A, alone, and then B, I guess, like, whatever I'm following on Twitter, I wish I'm trying to, like, recognize when I see a tweet or a series of tweet before I, like, read it. Even if it's a bunch of comedians, even if it's, like, couched as a joke, I try and think to myself, like, is this negative? Is this tearing somebody down? Uh-huh. Is it um, causing or bringing up a complaint with someone when their intention was definitely in the right place? They just worded it very specifically wrong. And then now all of a sudden they've, like, erased a whole swath of people in their well-intentioned post. And so I've just gotten really concerned that just something light hearted I'm in my blind spots could just like I don't know and I guess I shouldn't be afraid of that because if I did post something that was you know tone deaf any friend could say hey like you probably shouldn't say it like that and then I could learn from it but just that feeling of like exposure I guess of like well-intentioned people I see it way more on Twitter so I've tried to kind of like be a little bit more critical when I'm scrolling through Twitter to see what kind of stuff people are saying and is it nice? Is it kind? Is someone trying to do the best thing, but just getting taken down anyways? I don't know. And it's so silly too, because I have like, what, like 35 followers or like a hundred people. Or something. <laughs> like, no, I don't matter. It doesn't matter. But then you get stuck away from people for so long and that's your only social interaction. You never know. Well, is there anything specific that makes, that made you lead down this trail and made you to start like reflecting in on not only Instagram, it sounds like on Twitter and all social media. That's a good question. I don't know exactly what it was. I feel like maybe it was like early pandemic getting on TikTok and seeing these people do these hilarious things. And I was like, oh, that's so much fun. I want to do that. And then wondering, am I like aging out of relevancy? Should I take a seat and quiet down and just watch? Do I really need to participate in every trend? And when is it my time to understand like, I'm that boomer on Facebook that's like putting as my status, like when does Cracker Barrel open or what, you know, like just completely embarrassing myself. And so as I've gotten older too, like I've been working on listening more in conversations, interrupting less, and it kind of all ties into that mentality of like, do I need to be talking about this or should other people be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything, anything, like anything. (laughs) I would hate to think that you would stop doing something just because you feel like it's not age appropriate anymore. But I also see where you're coming from, like just mm-hmm. developing and becoming like more conscious of uh, what you personally, like genuinely feel people need to know about and what they don't or how it comes off when you're saying it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's tricky stuff. Social media is a very trippy thing. It is, it's so wild. I mean, like there's this whole ask, like obviously the privacy part, I know my data is out there and it's doing great things. I get awesome targeted ads, end up buying a lot of this shit. So I'm not super pressed about that necessarily, but just like the private moments, the quiet moments. I noticed like I'll just be sitting with uh, Drake or something and fiddling around on my phone. And it's like, why? Like, do they, does everyone need to see that we're at home in our living room right now? Does everyone need, yeah. you know, just enjoying being away and not, you know, posting even mundane moments? Who do you enjoy following? on these social medias. There's this woman, uh, Tracy Egan Morrissey. She was a writer at Jezebel and then she, I think she's at Vice now and her and her friend Rich have a podcast called Pot Psychology that's so funny. And they're older than us by probably 10, 15 years. And she is just, she has this perfect intersection of like, 
wokeness, investigative journalism, and this laser focus on trash pop culture. So she is like my perfect like <laughs> brand of like content. She does a lot of writing about like Real Housewives and memes and reposting like really goofy TikToks and stuff. And I just think she's the shit. I really like hers. And she's also just really cool. Um, there's a couple of people that like, there's some art pages that I follow. I love watching Jordan's art too. I was actually just talking to him about this the other day. His style is just evolving and like developing into such a unique thing for him. And he's getting such a, I don't know, such a style. And I commissioned a piece for our wedding actually from him because I'm just loving what he's doing. And so stuff like that. And I also really like following Morgan, my friend who has the baby because her baby is super cute. Right. <laughs> what about you? What are your, do you have like some favorites? I um I follow, I follow a couple of artists, some people who do comics. Um I follow I just started following this Instagram that's just drone shots of Columbus, which I think is kind of interesting. Oh, that is cool. Just like flying over High Street and just getting these interesting angles. Um I follow the onion, which could be good for a sensible chuckle every now and then. And but most of my following, I I'm kind of crazy when it comes to who I follow and who I don't. It's not unusual for me to like follow somebody that I've known or do know, and then like unfollow them for a while because I get bored with their content, and then be like, hmm, I wonder what they're up to again. Now I'll just like resubscribe. They must think I'm a psycho. Someone has noticed I do that I. Yeah. I do the same thing. I forgot about the mute button slash didn't understand how to use it. And so I was just wildly unfollowing people when I got like in a bad mood one day. I was like, I don't want to see any more of this boring bullshit. You post really long stories that I don't care about. Unfollow. And then the next day I was like, could have muted because now I uh, don't want them to think I hate their guts because I don't. <laughs> it's, I'm glad I'm not the only person that, that's like checking all these things really closely. Like, oh, I, for sure. I keep my followers to I mean I, I let a lot of people follow me but um a lot being like 250 mm -hmm. uh brag but yeah exactly uh but who I follow yeah it it, it changes pretty frequently holy so. shit wait a tick I just realized I have 565 followers brand endorsement <laughs> shut up <laughs> I think that I think you're eligible for a blue check mark I think you're official. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> My work one just got one and they're like a nationally funded like DOD lab. So I don't know if <laughs> they're just giving them out willy nilly, but I might apply. We'll see. I got some pull. <laughs> tell me, I've, I was planning on asking about it later, but tell me about where you work and how you ended up there. So I work at the Galactic Federation, which is headquartered at Earth, but we're just working from home right now. And so we do, or at least the team that I'm on does public affairs. We do um, press releases, articles, photography, video support, uh, graphic design, marketing, outreach, um, communications, events, trade shows, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of, um, I'm on the more creative side and we're trying to tell the story of the lab and why people should come work there because our workforce is aging out and it's not diverse and it's very old and stagnant and not enticing for the young top talent. So we're trying to rebrand and come across as worth it and worth being in this region because we're also not like a high desirability area to come work, but we're doing cool research, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I got there because 
I just, uh, I was in Colorado. I graduated from Miami in 2015 with the English degree, moved to Colorado to be with a, a boy and then couldn't find work out there because um, it's just extremely competitive. There's tons of talent out that way. And then we were breaking up and I was looking to move home and kind of just like restabilize a bit. And so I just applied to this one on LinkedIn and got a call like the next day from my current boss and then um, That's basically bad. just drove home and it worked out. It's so it, it's taken off. It's been really nice, but it, it works for me. But, um, Drake, my fiance also works there as an engineer. He does like modeling and simulation for airplanes. And he's really struggling with it on the ethical side of, is this really how I want to spend my time? Is this really worth it? This doesn't stand for how I feel. And I'm totally with him on that. And it's just like, well, right now we're not in a position to, take the risk and leave because <laughs> it yeah. pays great. So, well, sure. I have my oldest brother is actually trying to get a job in there now. Well, not specifically with the labs, but with, I mean, the mm -hmm. benefits, anything yeah. like connected with the government, um, seems like a really cushy situation. It is. And it's really solid. Like, so I'm a contractor actually don't, I'm not a civilian, um, but my company's reimbursing for school. So I'm getting my MBA too. And it's just, there's a lot of, great money and resources and in my perspective i'm optimistic i think like we are the people that can change it from the inside out so let's do that in like the little tiny ways we can and then but i'm more so on like a track to kind of become in a more leadership role where i can make more decisions and drake at this point is just kind of like floundering about so he it's very it makes a lot more sense for him to feel the way he does versus how i do sure uh did you two meet while working there Okay. Is this, <laughs> this is this? interesting. So my dad actually worked with him and my dad retired and for his retirement party, got a party bus and we went on a bar crawl and he invited Drake because I was young and single and Drake was young and single and every other person on the bus was like married or older or whatever. And he kind of did it as like a joke, but he just had an extra seat and was like, why not? And we ended up getting super drunk and making out at a bar and then having a one night stand that I actually texted Jordan about. Um, I was like, I just left his apartment at 3am and I hope he never talks to me again. And then we went on another date and it ended up working out. So. Wow. Yeah. It's a really weird story. It's a good meet How you. I met your mother. Literally, like <laughs> I told all of his coworkers, I'm gonna be out with Drake tonight. They're like, please don't do that. Please do not do that. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. You tell your dad? No, no, uh, I, but he found out <laughs> really quickly after. That's a nice story though. It is, it's cute. Yeah. And now, uh, how many years later? Like three. But the lock it down. Yeah, I know. Really soon. Like 17-ish days. How do you feel about it? Bad. <laughs> Not like getting married itself. I'm, I'm amped. Like I'm totally ready. I'm already there. It's the day itself though. I feel like it's kind of going back to the Instagram thing of like making a big to-do about yourself is uncomfortable for me. And the thought of planning this whole day where people are just going to be looking at me and thinking of me all day and celebrating me all day makes me uncomfortable to be quite honest. I think it's all embarrassing. Right. Yeah. I think once I get there, I'll be glad that we're doing it that way. But about a third of the way into the planning process, I was like, dude, we should have eloped. This is so stupid. It's so expensive, but we're going to have a really great time. And it's going to mean a lot to both of our families because I don't have any siblings and he just has a brother. So it's something that people are really looking forward to because a lot of people are like getting vaccinated to come out and that it's just a nice, like 
positive thing to celebrate where I feel like we've all just been living in agony and misery for a whole year plus. (laughs) Yeah. And now spring is coming and love is blooming and it it, it is kind of poetic Uh, like that. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is still, we're still on the tail end of the pandemic. Do you have to like, what adjustments need to be, have you had to make to make this happen? And why did you choose to have it now instead of later? The, yeah, this is really hard. I guess like this was our initial date when we got engaged in November of 2019. Um, And we were just really hoping that things would clear up and they are improving, but they're not there. So we've cut our guest list by like, I don't know, 35, 40%. Um, All of his out of town family uh, are getting vaccinated before they come. And then we're just going to do masks outside ceremony and just kind of keep it low key doors open, you know, and a lot of people have said no. And I was really, really grateful that they did because like, I know that his family really wants to come and see it, but I do have this internal conundrum of like, this doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel good to do. I know that we're doing it as late as we can, but there's really only like a certain level of not that safe that you can get, you know? And so we already had it. We have antibodies. A lot of our friends do as well. So we're kind of just running that risk, I guess. And yeah, it's not comfortable <laughs> to be honest. It's not, but like we just didn't really see that many options because a lot of the things were paid. And so we're just like, well, we'll show up and just hope that a lot of people. So luckily a lot of out of town people or other friends, um, were generous enough to just be like, Hey, we love you so much. We'll come out and see you in the summer. And I was like, thank you so much. Cause that gives us room for everybody. So. Sure. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it's a lot of it's for the family, like all of it, uh, all of it. All of it. Is it all of it? I, I'm nowhere close to marriage. I, it, all of it. Oh no. The marriage itself is hundred percent for us. But no, the one I'm, day. The, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all the the pomp and circumstance, totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's it seemed fun before we started getting to like the tactical pieces, and then I was like, well, over it. <laughs> but it's not my thing. I've never been the person. I first of all didn't even think I was gonna ever get married. I was like not thinking that was gonna be something I did. So I've never even like dreamed of weddings or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> it's the last person I interviewed. It was it was the very same. She's been married for two years now, but she was like. Uh, yeah, we, we would have just did in the courtroom or like uh, just got the paperwork. But I mean, it means so much to the parents to do that. And mm-hmm. they were both pretty similar to yours. Like they were both uh, the oldest siblings of their family. And I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But uh, it does think that it's like so, so much work and so expensive and et cetera, et cetera. I don't mean 100%. To, yeah. Yeah. But there are registry gifts that offset it. So we have a really nice uh, air fryer that we got that is just pretty much pulling the weight of the whole, like, it's like balancing out. Is it worth it? Yeah. This air fryer is really good. (laughs) I was considering getting an air fryer. And now that I know that having one outweighs the burden of conducting an entire wedding, Mm -hmm. that's that's a pretty strong selling point. They should put that in the commercials. Uh Uh-huh. I mean it. (laughs) I'm being sincere. So recently you, according to the internet, you're, you bought a home. I mean, like, what's that all about? What's that like? It's crazy town. It's been like 
very interesting like feeling like i'm just turning into a father slash old man because i learned i loved to mow the grass my dad would never let me do it um because i didn't get him straight enough for his liking or whatever but out here i'm just like whipping it around having tons of fun and um right now actually too and this is probably not helping the whole like stress of the wedding but we're getting a ton of like remodeling done because our house was built in 1901 yeah. and um, a lot of the spaces that have been halfway turned into like bathrooms or usable space, the whole architecture of the place is very wonky and weird. And so we just needed to get it up to speed for like a full family to live here. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's part of it too. So we're really, we're right in the middle. We've got tile people coming in and out, like making a mess. I have actually looking at a toilet in a box right here in my dining room that's waiting to go upstairs. So it's really fun having projects to do and kind of like making a home your own. I love having our own space. We could just say whatever we want and do whatever we want. And if we want to be up late and yell and make noise, we can. If we want to sleep in really, it's nobody's business. Like, I feel like I'm queen of this domain right now. And it's just, it's nice to have like your own little spot. That sounds amazing. I still, I'm in an apartment and I still have to like be considerate of like, when I'm playing music and like how loud and that type of thing. I definitely mm -hmm. get the appeal of having your own little sanctuary. And I'm also a gardener myself. So like, I would love to having my own yard to like dig yeah. up stuff and make that happen. Mm -hmm. I see your landscaping projects, like you've tore down all kinds of weeds on the fences and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's fun to watch. I've, it's uh it's HGTV for me. Hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a so we lived outside of Dayton in South Park. Kind of like, <laughs> um, they had a community garden out there, so it's a couple blocks. I would walk down there and use that little plot two summers ago when I first decided I wanted to just start gardening stuff. Do you have anything like that? What neighborhood are you in? We have one. Uh, I'm on Clint Street. I'm actually uh, roommates with Jordan. I don't know if you know them, but uh, I didn't know you guys were roommates. Is he home? Yeah. Can I say hi? <laughs> uh, yes, one moment. Top 10 worst humans in history. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together. And show your love for the second coming of the one and only. Jordan. 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 Hi, Emily. Hey, how's it going? I can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up? Good to Have see you been interviewed? You. No. What? We're doing, a we're doing a Halloween one with all three of us. On Halloween or? No, no, like in July. <laughs> okay, sweet. In July. Yeah. I, Alex wants us to be dressed up on a non-holiday, so I, I like it. What are you going to be? A Batman, because he bought me that costume. Hell yeah. <laughs> have, you see, have you seen that video of me as Batman? Batman! I heard it's your birthday. Me, the Batman. I heard it was your birthday today. I don't think so. That sounds memorable. <laughs> it, was on, it was on my Instagram. We did it for my friend's birthday, but Evan, or Alex bought me the costume. I'm going to uh, go. Wow, that was generous of him. Uh, he really <laughs> wanted me to be Batman, so. <laughs> Who's else going to be there and where are they going to be? Josh and Raph, I don't know. <laughs> We're interviewing each other, I guess.
Because because we're all the fun. other roommates. Yeah. Oh yeah. Will you send it to me? Because I can't find it on your Instagram. Yes, I'll send it to you. I want to see it. How long you? How long you guys been going now? A half hour? An hour? Well, maybe. I'm excited for the wedding. I'll be. Uh, also, I'm getting my vaccine shot at Friday now. Hell yeah, brother! I can't wait. And it'll be. It'll, It'll be a good time. Be a regular person, yeah. Yeah, and we can just go be about in the world for a second. (laughs) I feel like everyone might be pretty awkward because like no one's really (laughs) socialized in a big group. I feel like it's gonna be uncomfortable. The first job that I had where I was like with people again, um, it was so weird. I was like, no one knows how to talk. And I I thought it would be me, and I was like, I was doing okay. It wasn't great, but like (laughs) other people too were so rusty. I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. We're all feeling it. (laughs) Are you back at work? Um, sort of, kind of. Um, I've been working from home this whole time, and then we hired a new girl that's kind of taken over some of my positions. So I've been going into the office with just her, and like training her to do stuff. Huh? How do you feel about that? How do you feel? About I love that? it. <laughs> She's awesome. I hired her. She's this girl that I knew on Twitter. Actually, we have to bring this up with Alex. Yeah, she was just someone I kept in touch. I met with her once at Miami. Followed her on Twitter. Really liked her, and then thought she was perfect for the job opening because I'm going to get promoted and then she's going to take over my stuff. What you and uh, she's the delight. We've become very good friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your thing is amazing. I had such fun doing that. I'm glad you chose Taco Bell. Is it done? It's, it's done, done. I did it in two days. <laughs> Can I see it, please? If you want to. I don't know. I was debating if I really want to. you or not. No, I really, really okay. want to see it. You paid for it, so you can That's do whatever right. you want. <laughs> get it for me. <laughs> Shut up. No. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> oh, there we go. Cannot wait to put that up in our living room. I know, I gotta choose the color, or you can choose the color frame. I was gonna say, but. Oh my God, I'm so I like excited. I like it a lot. I'm so, <laughs> It's broken. Well, I'll, I'll email it to you now. Like, I'm going to make it my phone wallpaper. That's what I really want it for. It's multifaceted. Oh, yeah. But uh, I know it's a good time. All the little rainbows are soft packets. I don't know if you can tell. But Sorry, Aspen was squeaking her toy. What? I said, <laughs> I said all the little soft packets are the rainbow. <gasps> That's incredible. Oh, so, my God. It looks really good. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm no, so I'm excited. No, I was happy about it. Um... Yeah, Ben is also very excited. He texts me about your wedding maybe like every other week, so. Nice. He hasn't texted me about it, but <laughs> are they not the cutest, like? Nope. I know. I know. It's, it. gonna be, it's gonna be, I'm gonna be just watching the cute the whole time. My dad told me that for the bouquet toss, I have to literally just hand it to Jenna while making eye contact with him, and I fully plan to do that, so don't tell, don't tell them, but. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight her for it. I'm gonna. You're gonna what? I'm gonna jump for that as well. <laughs> oh, the single ladies. You're just like, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, I uh, I plan on winning all the tosses, all the catch tosses. There's gonna be a lot of them, so you better stay ready. <laughs> Eggs. We got an egg toss portion. <laughs> You're just like throwing random shit. We also oh, have like oh, one of those um, things that they have at batting cages that just pelts. <laughs> You better bring a glove and probably a helmet. Sure. Well, I was already planning on bringing those. <laughs> okay, good. You know what kind of parties yeah. I know, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where is it at? I'm, I know I have invitations. I am. Hold on one second. 
<laughs> Aspen got passionate about her squeaky toy, but yeah, it's in Miamisburg. I gotcha. How do you feel about I'll, I'll bleach my hair before it? Yeah, I, I thought I sent everyone kits with their invite <laughs> of toner. No, I, and I was just thinking I look pretty good on this camera. Uh, I need to. Uh, <laughs> I need to bleach my hair. I need to cut my hair though. I mean, it's pretty nasty. I think it looks fine. Thanks. You got to get a middle part though. Those are trendy. That's nice. Everyone loves this. That's actually <laughs> charming. I love that. That's charming. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even see the headset now. <laughs> Wrap it around. <laughs> Tuck it like behind. <laughs> you look like you have little bear ears, like an Ewok or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Thanks. I practice my Ewok all the time. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll check my watch. Well, I'll get Alex back on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely should. This is <laughs> I'll see you soon. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Bye. Alex. Yeah. Alex, get it from me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bye, Emily. <laughs>
That's the album before she made the collaboration with Jay Z, isn't that? Let me or check. Was that after. I believe it was before. Hold on. Yeah, 2014. And then 2016, she did Lemonade. Then 2019, Homecoming Live. I can see you being Beyonce Platinum Edition. I can also see you being. Yeah, no, that's the one. That's it. That's me for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. The rest are very like, I don't know, girl club anthem vibe sort of. And I don't really see you as either. I mean, yeah, no, not really. I can see you having like a fun, like peppy spark, but like I can't see you like loving the club or like being like, I don't know. Are you a club person? Do you like going out to bars? No, that you're, you're right. That's accurate. Okay. <laughs> the look on your face, I was like, did I just deeply insult you and get you totally wrong? But I could be, you, you were wearing a cardigan. So it was like anyone who has a cardigan that like that probably yeah. isn't <laughs> like always down to like scream in a crowd. Yeah, my cardigan beetle combo probably. Right, you seem kind of like. Really young. <laughs> I get it. And like clubs are just never something. I enjoy dancing in clubs. I enjoy dance clubs and like raves and whatever like i like mm. go into big music situations i'm not clubs that i picture have or like really packed in not many people are dancing it's hard to get to the bar um you wear really nice clothes to be very sweaty nice. and uncomfortable which yeah. is the weird and then you can't hear the people that you're talking that you came with Mm -hmm. and it's expensive a, it's expensive <laughs> and even as a single person it's like unless there's like just a visual yes going on it's kind of hard to like you don't want to insert yourself in someone's night you don't know what they're up to i feel like and that's like kind of the allure is you go to meet people but like you get there and you're like do they want to meet me back <laughs> maybe there's no know. way of knowing really i mean unless you have to you have to be willing to and like you said search yourself into someone's night and uh mm -hmm. i've had plenty of experiences where it's like i've tried doing something like that and it's clearly girls night and it's like just <laughs> move along guy and then i'm just like i'm not sure why i'm doing this i'm sorry to interrupt i would <laughs> that happened to you my bad but, yeah but um uh, yeah uh i don't know if that's come with age or not, but anyway, I, I like the, the, I like the, the album pick. I want to have to listen to the album to really. Love it's it. also, it's just a good one. It's a great yeah. one. One of my faves. Were you a Beyonce fan all the way back to like Destiny's Child or did you really get hooked onto the, like her, when she became the queen bee by herself? Yeah, I think probably more so in early college was when I really started to get into it. Destiny's Child, of course, I know all like the the classics, but I don't like have their albums specifically, yeah. which makes yeah. me kind of bummed. Cause I feel like Kelly Rowland is also having herself a renaissance these days. I haven't, I haven't been tuned into that. It's okay. I don't know that many people are, but she is just <laughs> out and about in the world. I don't even know if she's making no. anything out, <laughs> but she's just out just being the best. I don't know. She's a cool woman. <laughs> True that. I uh, didn't realize until recently that 
your when it comes to music also a big grateful dead person has that always been a thing or no just got on the bus this summer actually <laughs> really yeah so um it's weird like my ex loved them and i just couldn't get through it because i was very impatient and i could never understand like i like to know when i can leave like a concert or something like I, i'm very punctual like love a good beginning middle end and i just did not have the time or patience for jam bands but give me a little acid a couple mm. hours i'm on board and now it's like all we listen it's just constantly like on in our house and cars and it's just it's such a comfort it's like home kind of feeling you know we've gotten super into it both of us have yeah i saw like every not always but like in your instagram posts yeah working on album artists i mean i think your profile photo was grateful dead related recently was like drake into it before you no so we actually just have this like other friend that i met um I don't know, maybe 2018, like early winter. And we've just been buddies. He loves Tame Impala. We have a lot of other things in common. And then we were just hanging with him that day and he decided to put it on and just see, cause he was like, I just know it's gonna happen and it happened. And so he was the one that kind of ushered us into it. And he has this like life's mission of getting more and more and more people into it, like close friends that he mm -hmm. thinks are just close enough to get it. And it's, and he's hitting it out of the park. I mean, like, it's very interesting, like how much of an impact it's had on my world. It's wow. just, been, it's been a very positive influence. I feel like there's a song for everything, a, a mood for everything. There's tons to dive into. Um, I love the jams. I love uh, Denon Company too. It's kind of revitalized my, oh, I don't know, my willingness to get past my beef with John Mayer. <laughs> and now I'm like obsessed with him. <laughs> how, are, how are you introduced to grateful dead like was there one particular album or did he just play a couple of tracks for you he played the live show i want to say it was in oregon it was like august 27 72 or something like that maybe don't quote me but it was at nancy's yogurt and that's the one where there's like a naked guy on a pole like behind the stage and it's all on youtube and it's just like it's amazing and at the end there's like some really goofy like diy late 60s art like paper cuts that they do and they blend together but the show itself was just phenomenal. And then we listened to another one. I don't remember. I want to say it was like Nassau Coliseum or something from the 80s. It's a good one. But and that's what pulled you in. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's not often that I, me personally, that I can think of like where my fanhood for something started, especially for bands that I'm like really into now. I can't, maybe like one single after I've known them for a little bit. but. Really? Yeah, um, there's some that I'm like, it's declared that Josh introduced me to Mac DeMarco, and I'm a big Mac DeMarco fan now, and I've introduced him to things, and like I can think of like four or five examples of that, uh, and then outside of that, it's just kind of like, it was like a time frame, like that was definitely my junior year when I ran into blank. But, yeah, um, but it's just kind of been swirling, and there's no like definitive moment. Mm -hmm. I guess that's true for most of mine as well. Like, I couldn't even tell you, like, when I decided, like, Beyonce was, like, the shit and that I would spend a lot of time with that, but... Or even for that matter. Yeah, I mean, a couple of my favorites I could probably pinpoint decently, but then again, memory is always wrong. <laughs> it's probably, like, my invented story that I said about when... This is the one, though, I do know the true story. <laughs> even if you were just imagining it, then, I mean... Real enough. Well, who's going to call you out? Honestly, yeah, real <laughs> enough.
my mom, she's like, you were not listening to that in your room on that day. I know exactly what you're listening to. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't think I'm good at telling stories because I've worried too much about being accurate. So I like stop and start over like, no, no, no. I meant this or maybe I don't know. And you're like everyone's mom who like can't get <laughs> like a story without getting hung up on details. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I try to work on it, but like if I'm in a room telling a story and someone else that was there uh, is in the room with me, I'll just I'll just ask for them to finish it. Because like you got this, right? It's like taking the pressure off of you to get it right because you're also telling it in front of them. So if they have something that they're going to report it didn't happen, then you have to go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get well, to the bottom they, of they just interject anyway with a detail right. that I forgot, and then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," and then what? And happens? then they just take it away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of nice. You like you're like the writing prompt. You're like, "Here's what we're going to talk about," and by we, I mean all of you guys. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> my my own little improv class. That's awesome. Yes, and <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with a. Uh, a curveball of this next question. This is something that I, I thought was kind of funny. Um, let's say you met a person from a different country and they came up to you and they said, Emily, if you had to describe American style sex, what would that be? Sex? Mm-hmm. American style. Drunk, sweaty, and short with no foreplay for the woman. And almost everyone is circumcised as far as penis havers go. Rapid, I think. Um, (laughs) Not from my own personal experience, but what from I've seen on TV, I've never had sex. So I just Uh, imagine it's it's more so about the guy at times, you know, from what I've seen on TV. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. From what I've seen on TV. How would you describe it? What's like, what's your favorite answer that you've gotten to that? Have you asked anyone else that question? No, I, I thought of it earlier this week. And I was <laughs> it's a great I feel like question. would have some funny, like an interesting, but genuine answer for a question like that. Did that answer in a way that you felt was like appropriate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was into that. Oh, maybe I would also say repressed. Repressed? Yeah. I feel that there's a lot of people who are not into exploring what might actually make them happy because. Oh. They're, we are just a very like puritanical society who, you know, abstinence only teaching in schools. There's a lot of misinformation. And then you learn everything that you see from porn a lot of the times, or at least like kids. So it's like, you're kind of pigeonholed there too sometimes. More so focused on the end result than like the whole process. Which is funny since like, we're like the land of the free and you would imagine we'd be like more interested in trying yeah. that's something Drake and I have actually been talking about a shit ton is like we're not actually free like really at all and like yeah and like what could get you freedom is money and they say money doesn't have happiness but it really does it gets you like it gets you out of some tough spots and to me that would be happiness and freedom and if you don't have it you're fucked and if you want it you have to you know work very hard for a very long time to just get a glimpse at trying to have that it's just it's a big conundrum that we've been trying to deal with lately in our heads yeah i i totally get that it's i remember reading or hearing or read it or somewhere about like anything beyond making like seven thousand 
or 70,000 or 80,000. Like they said like that's the anything past that is like luxury when it comes to like standard of living. And mm-hmm. But as far as like freedom, I guess luxury is a freedom then in that case, because yeah. when you have a certain amount of money, you can like get the best lawyers. You can get out of a lot of shit that a lot of oh, people yeah. like Jake brings it up a lot. Like as an example, like Joe Rogan has a podcast where he talks about smoking weed, doing DMT. And yes, it's legal in California. That's fine. But there's, you know, like he gets to do that because he's a public persona and he just gets to be himself for his job. And there's people that are locked up for just tiny amounts of weed. That really bothers me. I think like, it's just not fair. Yeah. The representation of like weed smokers versus like how it's enforced and when you pick the the, the laws apply and when they don't and you know that, that kind of trash. Yeah. It's trash. It's ass. In uh Joe Rogan's situation, I I guess the instant response would be like, Well, there's no proof that he does this stuff. He might just be talking. There's like if you talk to his lawyers, sure, 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 sure. But I mean like there's tons of people that like make that same pay scale that could you know, realistically get caught in like Nevada or wherever it's not legal with or here, Ohio or something and just get off, you know, with the really shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> That's right. It is true. Uh, how do you feel about the government in Ohio? Like, I mean, compared to some places that are like much more flexible with uh, or flexible or open minded. I mean, I'm thinking like Oregon and California and that type of thing. Uh, how do you feel being an Ohio resident, especially now having a house here? It goes even, yeah, it's definitely like highlighted a lot because we moved out of like Dayton, Dayton, we were in downtown and we felt surrounded by people who had similar beliefs as us. And then we moved way out here, like kind of rural and we are absolutely one of maybe two families in this neighborhood or area with similar beliefs. And it's, it's scary. And it's, it just makes sense though, that like, the reason Ohio has the representation it does is because of the vast majority of people like are living in rural places like this. And that's how they think and feel. And it's a bummer. Like, it's just really, it's shitty. And it, it makes me sad. I think too many people are focused on like, what's going to be taken from me versus what does someone need that we can provide collectively as a group? You know, like it's, it's just very much like, well, I got mine. So it's mine. You can't have it. And it's not even, that's not what people are asking for. It's more so just like, let people have the chance to have what you have their own way, however they choose to do it. That's my whole thing. It's like, no one's taking anything from you, mm-hmm. but it could feel that way. I imagine to somebody, not yeah. me. <laughs> it shouldn't. It's, it shouldn't. I it's was, just basic decency in my opinion. I was just, do you ever like, this is just me or do you ever like have a rant or like a, we'll call it a rant like by yourself you're just like thinking of a topic and then you just kind of like riff on it but like not talking to anybody i don't drake does so in my head when i think about things that make me upset or that frustrate me i do some sort of actionable thing or i make a plan and then i put it to bed i don't like to ruminate on it and get worked up over it because when i get worked up i say regrettable things and i'm not my most like well-spoken self but i love hearing him go off on it because he's passionate about those things and i am too but my way of being passionate about things is a lot more gentle like i'm not a screamer yeller you know arguer oh yeah i like to argue but it's i don't know i'm not i don't go in my head that way usually i wonder to myself like what could I be doing that serves this? Like what is, cause like when I get onto like a long train, I get wigged out that there's too much to do and just me can't do it. 
But if I think of little small things I can do, then that, that makes it feel like possible to get through or past. That's such a more <laughs> honorable and productive way of viewing. <laughs> I've been to a lot of therapy. <laughs> Highly recommend it. But to everybody, yeah. not that was not directed straight at you like you really oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I understand. And uh therapy is something that keeps coming up in the podcast. I'm glad to see the people that I interact with uh have uh positive you know things to say about therapists and getting their mental health checked out in fact i think the last three podcasts in a row that's come out at least once but, i wonder um, so i have a question for you kind of that like sidles in on this topic or vein i guess um more. so i've been talking with some of my friends and stuff and we've all been to therapy and like you're saying all these people that you're talking to we're all doing a lot of internal work on ourselves i feel like in our generation i don't know where like millennials, young millennials. And uh, I'm wondering what it's going to look like when we're raising our kids, because I feel like like all of our parents didn't touch that with the 10 foot pole and just yeah. head down. This is what we do. And we get through it. And now we're all being very introspective, giving ourselves like grace and patience and healing. And I just wonder, like, are our kids going to be like the least funny generation? Because they'll face <laughs> like no, no trauma at home <laughs> or very muted trauma. <laughs> I think um, that's a great question and topic as a whole. I think it's going to be better. And I think every generation leading up to now has been mm -hmm. increasingly better and better um, overall. Right. Uh, overall. I mean, like there, we, we've seen recently that there's still some people out there that do some stuff. But mm hopefully it gets to a point that it becomes something like your dentist or like you just get like a normal checkup going right. to a therapist it's oil like, change yeah yeah hopefully it gets to that point i think uh oh god just like the increased consciousness of mental health and understanding what's going on in your life can could solve a lot of problems and it seems and like you're right there's there are more people doing it now, but we are the fortunate few that have the resources to mm -hmm. get these kind yeah. of people to talk to. I mean, there might be some services for people that don't have, uh, don't have it as good, but I mean. When would they go? You know, if they're working weird hours or so. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to have a free hour during the week and yeah. you have to have a hundred dollars for that hour. Good exactly. luck. I mean, that's, that sounds like doable for a lot, but for some that would be absolutely impossible. Exactly. And once, I think once we can find a way to get over those kind of hurdles and then like it becomes mm -hmm. a much more open thing for the general population, that's when we'll start seeing some uh, considerable, I'm going to say change. I'll, I'll just say change, but um God, I can't recommend it enough to anybody that hasn't. I mean, you just don't know until you ask and start looking into it. But uh, I don't know. Life's going to be kind of crazy in, in the future. Who knows what's what's going to be what by that time? I know. Um, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people that I'm so pessimistic that about what's going to be happening in the next century that I'm not 
very enthusiastic about bringing children into the world just because mm-hmm. of like mm, the ecosystem is going to be garbage. I mean, things, the, the wealth disparity is already like crazy at this point and it's only going to, it, I'm not seeing much sign of like fix of that, but I mean, I understand to the people that do get it. I mean, that do want to have kids. I was just talking to my friend Nate actually about this recently. Uh, that I, it's like my heart is like sometimes maybe, sometimes no, sometimes yes, but my brain all the time is just like it doesn't make any sense. It's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, like, let's see, you're gonna get through the school system, then we're gonna go to college, which just keeps getting more and more expensive, but the value of the degree keeps declining, so they have to go to grad school, which is like more loans unless you're in a situation that can pay. I don't think that's gonna be the scene at all. I think trades are gonna take over that'd be great i really i really think that we're oversaturated yeah with stem i can already tell like it there is just no one that can do like specialized work like electrician um things like that like things that would take like a two-year like vocational degree i think those are about to become like major major i think a lot of people that are having kids around this time are maybe going to start changing that conversation if you have to go to college i feel like I would never tell my kid they had to go. I would actually argue against it unless they were extremely driven in some subject that required it. But otherwise I'd be like, what else do you like to do? Do you like to do stuff with your hands? What kind of stuff, you know, what makes you happy? I'm with you of that a hundred percent. In fact, there are times that I wish that I took one year off in between high school and college to give it some thought because mm-hmm. I, I started at Wright State and transferred to Ohio University. And I think if I had just a little time to think about it. I would have just went directly to OU. Uh, but hindsight 2020, if I didn't go to the right state, maybe I wouldn't have discovered the things that I did discover. And like coming out of high school was kind of a bumpy takeoff to begin with. So I don't know. However, I have a nephew now that's just beginning high school. And I think about these kind of things because he's interested in doing filmmaking which jordan and i are uh are into now with our professions and you really don't need a you don't need to go to school for that kind of stuff you can just go straight out of high school and start working as a production assistant and just like work your way up mm-hmm. and um i i it's still a little early to have these kind of conversations. I guess overwhelmingly, I want to keep the idea of college in his mind. But like if yeah. one day in like the next four years, he sits down and he's like, Alex, I'm not sure if I, I, I want to do this kind of stuff, then I'll leave that door open. However, my mom is like 100% all about talking to go to college. In fact, she's, I mean, she's my mom and I had uh, no, it was just like automatic that, after yeah. high school, you got to go to college. Oh, it wasn't a discussion. Yeah, It was exactly. like, where are you going to go? Not yeah. like, are you? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And she, of course, between the time I went to college and now that hasn't changed. And like, I totally understand why she views it that way. But uh, I mean, it is super useful to have a degree. It's a really nice time to like grow up a bit and learn who you are outside of your parents' house. I think yeah. that's so valuable, but yeah i i just think it's interesting are you and your nephew really close yes that's Absolutely. awesome 
Yeah, That's awesome. I was just uh, with him over the weekend. He's making his first feature length film, and I play a bad guy in it. So really, would you yeah. mind sharing that with me if he doesn't mind when he's done? I would love to see it. He'd love it. He's looking for. He's trying to be a YouTube celebrity. So anybody that wants to subscribe and look at his stuff, he's all. I'll ring the bell. <laughs> awesome, awesome. He'll love that. Cool. Um. Yeah, he he's a creative little kid, and I. Part of me likes to picture myself being in a position in the film and TV industry that I, like, once he graduates, like, all right, hop aboard. Here's some people that you need to know. Just go out and get there at mm-hmm. 18 years old. And he starts at 18 and he just works up from there. He'll be, like, where I, uh, he could be, like, beyond where I am now at 29, like, by the time he's 20. So. Totally. Uh, We'll, we'll see what comes of all of that. I've, but, uh, yeah, the future is crazy. Everything's crazy, Emily. What have you been watching on TV lately? What haven't I been watching on TV? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, shit. Now all of a sudden I'm blanking. I've been watching a ton. Um, 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 um. What have we been watching a lot of? Drake? What have we been watching a lot of? Oh yeah, we just started Atlanta. Um, I loving just finished it. Atlanta. It's so good. I had seen like a couple episodes, but we're like starting that. We watch a lot of, or I watch a lot of Dumb Bravo shows. I love um, all the Real Housewives stuff. Let's see. Oh, we watched Moxie, uh, Amy Poehler's new movie. It's cute. Oh. It's okay. Um, yeah. And there's. What else? I feel like we like have a bunch of shows on rotation. I can tell you, who, who is the goat? Married at First Sight. Cannot recommend it. It's very stressful. I also love uh, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Survivor. <laughs> oh, Pen One Five is also really good. Party Down. Those are kind of in our heavy rotation right about now. Are you streaming or do you have cable or that's how do you streaming everything? Yeah. Yeah. What services do you use? I've, I've got yeah. like six on my phone now. Uh huh. My mom actually was just over this weekend and we were like tabulating and it turns out we're spending like more than she does. Every time we're like, Oh, it's cheaper than cable. <laughs> so, um, we have yeah. Hulu, HBO, Netflix, Amazon prime. And that's the majority, I think. Mm. Yeah. But we're all over the place. I love HBO for the documentaries that they have. They have some great ones. I think HBO is my favorite at this point. Mine too. It has the great dramas too. Like when Big Little Lies is on, I was really liking that. Oh, Euphoria. I love Euphoria. I'm trying to get into their new season, but they're putting out kind of like specialty episodes in a weird rhythm. And I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always out of kilter with it, but I love that show. What's that show about? So it's um, Zendaya, she's a high schooler. Um, she's addicted to pills and she meets like this girl best friend and they kind of fall in love and have a romance. And then they kind of get to the end of their, and she gets sober for a little while. And then they just are in very complicated, you know, young women phases of their lives. And are, do they want to be together? Can they be together? The addiction element, um, the girl that she's in love with is trans. So it's, she's got some complicated history that she goes, there's a whole episode just on her with her therapist. And it's like one of the most moving things it's the most realistic portrayals of like just working through something you can't put words to but that you feel very strongly about and that hurts but like 
the way she articulates it is just so like broken and stilted and confused, but also not confused at all. Like she knows exactly what she does feel. And it's, yeah. it's great. It sounds like the acting and the writing are just top tier. Yes. Level. Acting and yeah. writing are amazing. And then the makeup on the show is also just like phenomenal. They do some just really cool stuff. I mean, I'm sure you've seen like the memes and jokes about it, like Euphoria High School and they just have like glitter like down their face, <laughs> but it's very visually stunning. It's got a great soundtrack too. It's just a cool show. How do you choose what to watch? Are you the type of person that you need a recommendation beforehand or do you just kind of like scroll through stuff on these services like that looks interesting? So I listen to this podcast, Armchair Expert with Zach Shepard, and I, I just love it. I think it's great. And he um, was always, you know, they're doing their press circuit, basically promoting something. So that's where I get a ton of my recommendations for books. Um, he interviews directors of uh, documentaries and people from shows. And that's how I heard about Amy Poehler's movie. So I watched it. So I'll pretty much just listen to that all week long and then pop on whatever they've recently referenced. Are you a big podcast person? Podcast huge. person. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. I huge. love them. Mm-hmm. You and have that in common. He's always walking around the apartment with something playing. Yep. I'm always, when I'm cleaning, driving, it's always on. So <laughs> as it's ironic that I'm even doing this podcast because I don't really listen to that many of them. If I do, it's like for a specific guest that they have on the show. Mm, okay. If you had to like recommend two or three to me, what would what would you pick? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so Whitney Cummings has a podcast called Good For You. This is actually merged from there. It says Blessed oh, and nice. Highly Favored. Um, she interviews Halsey and I loved that interview. I thought that was fantastic. Um, Let's see. Um, oh, Justin Long, you know, like I'm the Mac, I'm the PC. That guy, he has an interview, or he's interviewed on Dak Shepard's podcast. That's so good. He tells like this crazy wild story that is just like, it's mind blowing. That one's awesome. Um, yeah, I would say those I are- would feel like having his acting career summarized to that, that Apple ad campaign. I realized that you probably knew who he was, but that's how <laughs> Drake remembered no, it. So I was like, that's who he is to me. No, but he's like, I don't know. His, he's got some great stories from like when he was like filming something. I don't even remember what it was, but um, yeah. I love them in I would say Those two particular episodes of those two particular podcasts are standouts. They're really good. And there's a lot of Whitney Cummings podcast that's really great, but a lot of it that that like isn't, it's hard to say. Like her interview with Kesha, I didn't really care. But like sometimes she gets really giggly and they're just like having fun. And that's one thing that I love when she's, I think earlier pandemic, she was very much more in a structured like interview style. And I really, really liked that a lot. Okay, cool. He's got a lot of people there too. We've learned a lot from, he'll have like um, therapists on like relationship therapists, uh, stuff like that about how to communicate better. And it's almost like a free therapy session. Like we've used a lot of the tools that we've heard on that podcast, just in our own day-to-day lives. It's been really interesting to see like the influence that they have. To anybody listening or watching on YouTube, I got the links down in the description. Make sure to check those out. It's my first time doing that. Uh, that I hated it. That, that it's was official. Cool. I liked it. Was it good? Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I would have followed that direction for sure. I'd be like, okay, guess I got to click. Go on down. Uh, good. Hey, do, do you think you're good with money? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I'm very organized. So I always have a running balance in my head of what I'm working with, what's coming, what's due. And I just never have ever missed like a 
bill date or anything. I always have my auto pay scheduled like two days prior in case there's a hiccup. I just have a very good money sense in there. If there's like a big expense, I know exactly like what that's going to mean. What is like bouncing out? I don't know. I just, I have yet to make like a huge financial blunder, knock on wood, but it just seems to come my way for some reason. I don't know why I try to just, you know, not to brag, but like there's something about it that just is floating around in either. I feel like it's one of those things, like the less you care about having it, the easier it kind of just works out. And I'm not saying we have like a shit ton of money, but like we're just happy with what we have to at the same time. So it's, it's yeah. not like a high pressure. And I have the luxury and privilege of being in a situation where like my food, like fridge is full, our house is heated, you know, dogs are fed. So it's just, I don't know. I've just always been very organized. I think it came from like, my parents are just very like type A and they always budgeted and kept track of every receipt. And so yeah. it just kind of gets second nature sometimes. If you see a good example, then you just kind of become that. Which one of your parents do you think you're more alike? Hmm. I don't know. I'm like very much a mix. There's elements of me that are just straight up from one and the other, but they, they're blended. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm going, uh, I don't, I really can't say, I really don't Which know because I'm just like a weird blend of them both. Like my dad is very like outspoken and funny and likes to be around people. He's like the life of the party. But then my mom is very like gentle and caring and thoughtful and nurturing and always there for you. And I would say I have a lot of those elements like inside of me, but there's some other like detrimental aspects, you know, that I have kind of taken from both too. You know, like my dad can be kind of an asshole. I can be kind of an asshole. My mom can be very hard headed. And so I'm, I'm just kind of all of it. And I try and get rid of the pieces that I really, really, really don't want um, and keep the ones that I do and like make them mold to fit together. Cause like my mom is just one way. My dad is just one way. So if like I have a little bit of each, then I feel like I'm kind of like getting somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> How's grad school been? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> just no, not interested. Hate it. Hate it. It has been horrible for my mental health. It's just too much to take on while working. I I don't think it's a good idea. It totally sucks. But we're almost there. How far along? So I only have like, (laughs) yeah, I'm Uh, pregnant with a degree. (laughs) (laughs) But am I? I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, I have until like May, I guess, like end of May. So I'm starting another class now that I have two more after that. So like overall, like three left. We're this close, but it was, it's just been awful. What's the degree in and why did you decide to go back to school? It is um, an MBA with a concentration in marketing. And I decided to go because I'm trying to take over my boss's job and he's like 60. And I figured if I had an MBA, that could kind of bolster my credibility since I don't have that those years of experience doing the job. It doesn't require an MBA, but I thought it would make me a little bit more attractive candidate for it. Give me some legitimacy, have a better understanding. And what I will say is it's given me a lot to think about. I never um, did math at all ever. I was told I was bad at it. And then all of a sudden I'm taking a a class that's like calculus and just figuring it out because they're teaching it very basic. They didn't do the discovery method like we were taught. And so I, I learned I can do math. I'm not as dumb as I thought. I just need some time to mature to actually be decent at school. And that's interesting to me too, that we get 
told early in life we're one way at school and we're not. And you can see as your frontal lobe is developed, then you get a second chance and you're like, oh, I have other skills. So it's definitely brought in my horizons and my awareness about larger issues at play, but I hate it also. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a great way of like going all the way around. Like this is, is all of these things, but still. Well, I'll give it credit where credit is due. I'll always do that, but <laughs> I don't have to like it. Fair, 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 fair. But almost done. That's great. Mm-hmm. How many pets do you have? Four. What are their names? Well, we've got Aspen and Alta, and they're the dogs. And we have Chief, and then we have the queen of the house, Mookie, who is sleeping on the toilet. <laughs> she's just sitting there with her eyes closed like a weirdo, but she's always watching me. She's always up in my business. But we love them. How do you acquire them did you like buy them all at once or did you have them like separate yep. when you, before you moved together or they were here when we moved into the house actually they came up the house <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> um drake had aspen when he was single in his apartment and i had mookie when i was single in my apartment and then when we got together we adopted alta um because we just wanted aspen to have a friend and then my co-worker's wife is a vet and got her litter of puppies through for their vaccinations from this rescue place and he showed me a picture at work and i was like oh god that one and it was like a litter of seven and I sent the picture to Drake and he circled her and was like that one and so we both realized like we should get that one and then Chief the last that we have um one of our friends roommates found her in a gutter and I did not want her and Drake was like I love her he bonded with her when I was on a work trip and then we had to go feed her because our other friend was like out of town and so I went to feed her came home and he was devastated I didn't bring her back and I was like why would I do that she's not ours he's like but she could be and then he basically stiff arms me into getting another cat. She's fine. I could do without her personally. But she loves Drake and Drake loves her, so she's taken care of. Yeah. That's a, I feel like that's the origin story of a lot of pets. Like either one or the other of the couple is just like, oh, we gotta. Like Mookie is mine. Like she's been mine. She chose me. We are soulmates connected to another dimension. Alta's just dopey and sweet. Aspen Drake's like sweet dog, but she's just like very much his, very loyal to him. And the chief is just like the weirdo that he loves. <laughs> they have yeah, their role. Along. That's a lot of that's a lot of heads in the house. The dogs are besties. Um, the cats fight all day, every day. It is just like a screaming match of them chasing each other. Um, but Chief, the cat, and Alta, the dog, both like the second of their like species. They are best friends and they cuddle and sleep together in bed and like lick each other and groom each other and cuddle. And that is the cutest little friendship I've ever seen. So I'm glad we have Chief just because it's been really cute to see her with Alta. Ah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's super nice. I, mm-hmm. I had a dog growing up, but she passed away in what, like 2013. And I am just, I'm so looking forward to the time that I can do it again, but it's just not practical living you know and it's time you're gonna want to have time on your hands a good place to take them out let them run i can't recommend getting a dog in january which is when we got outside and she was a baby puppy so we had to take her outside to go potty like you know every couple hours and it was like so cold all through the night (laughs) so go get a dog in the summer and then they'll be pretty house trained by the time it's winter that's my advice that's great advice (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Is there, have you received advice in the past that didn't really click until you got older? Oh God. 
Yes. And I just don't know though, like off the top of my head, like a good example, but I know that that has been, that has definitely happened where something was like, Oh, that's what they meant. Okay. But I don't know. I think that like when I was in therapy, I was in a very like narrow mindset and very much like focused on like the thing I thought was the problem at the time. And she was giving me a lot of really good little like words of wisdom to cling to. And then over time, as I started getting out of my own head and just seeing like the broader scope of things, kind of like loosening my grip, then I was like, oh, okay, that could serve me a lot better if I just like did it that way. But I can't think of anything specific, unfortunately. That's all right. It's that's a very broad. Qu- I feel like that's the I, yeah. If I have like an hour to like think on it, I could definitely come up with something. But on the spot, it's not striking. Fair. Uh, this might be like a similar type question, but um, what would thirteen-year-old you be surprised about learning about current Emily? That's a really good question. I think 13 year old me would be surprised to see that um, I'm managing to do, like have fun and be true to myself, but also keep my responsibilities in order. Because I think like growing up, I was told like, if you have any fun or if you like smoke a weed, like you cannot, you will be in a gutter, you know, failure or whatever. And now it's like, well, that doesn't necessarily have to be true. You can, and I always thought if you worked a full-time job and you had a house and you settled down and got married, that you were boring and cookie cutter and just like following the track. But like, I think there's a way to live your life that honors what you want and like who you are. And it, it, it's just, it's possible. It's doable. And you, I don't know. I feel like I'd be very pleased to see, like I actually happened um, over the summer, we were packing up to go on like a little weekend trip. And I just remember thinking like, man, like teenage me would be like so amped to see this. I have like a hot man in my kitchen wearing this cool ass jacket that I like. We're packing up this really fun, like flavored water that we like and we're getting our snacks and like our house is cool, exactly how we want it. We're doing what we want to do. We're growing up, so we're like living in the world. I don't know, it's, it's just, I didn't see that many examples of adults like having a good time and just being themselves and like just chilling out. So I feel like that same thing is like our generation, like going to therapy and having kids or whatever. Like, I feel like also our kids are going to get a really weak, like we're just different. I feel like than our parents, like watching Morgan raise Nori, she's going to have a much different exposure. Like they play all kinds of music for her. They show her all kinds of TV, all kinds of books and take her and do, you know, just her world is big yeah. and there's a lot of options for like how to do it. Yeah. That's really true. And when it comes to like, I am like knocking on the door of 30 and I remember growing up and their parents were 30 and my friend, yeah, my friends were like, I had older parents, but like, it wasn't unusual for me to be in class with uh, a kid whose parent was like between 30 and 35. And I had a very boring adult vision of what they looked like. And yeah, Mm -hmm. for me, I don't know how much it's changed. Maybe they were as boring as they seemed when I was growing up or maybe No, they probably just... were. I bet they were. That's the thing. It's like we just saw like a very limited scope of what's adulthood. Yeah. And do you think that was intentional? No, I think it's just more comfortable sometimes. Like it can be really scary to spend the mental effort to, you know, just do something or question yourself a lot. I think that could be really uncomfortable. So it could be a lot easier just to do the thing that's right in front of you and just make it basic and comfortable and that's fine and that's enough. But 
yeah, I think there's an extra step where you can just make it like jazzy. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like people like in the Midwest, especially like are kind of more old school. They like to just like drink, like that's their outlet or whatever, but there's other ways that you could, you know, not just go home and get drunk every day or not, you know, like that's not my idea of letting loose, like getting drunk at my friend's house on a Friday, you know, like sometimes yes, but there's way more you can do. Like you don't have to limit it. Open us up to that world. I I'm I agree with you first of all, but I'm interested to hear what Emily's like weekend plans would typically sound like if things were normal. Yeah, like pre-COVID, we would do like have people over for some sort of like cookout collaborative dinner. You know, have someone bring one thing, someone bring something else, make drinks, party, listen to music, sit outside, light up sparklers. We almost burned our deck down actually. It was like really scary. And then there's so much fun to be had at like a live show. We went to a couple like COVID safe ones where they had um, like pods where you could be like socially distanced, like six foot off, like from other people. And it was just like revolutionary. Just people watching in the crowd, just like even just small cover band shows are just such a delight. Like go do that, go see somebody, get into new music that you didn't know you liked or something. That would be my recommendation. I miss that so much. I, I, do I would too. love to just see any random, I would love to like just walk down the street, see a marquee and be like, oh, I've never heard of them. Just stumble. Yes, I'll go. I know. I know. And just being with people. I'm like, I love the people that know every song. Those people always fascinate me because a lot, like, you know, you go to a show and you think you know their music. And then all of a sudden you're like, I guess I don't because <laughs> they are not playing any of the songs I know. And then there's someone singing it and you're like, hell fucking yeah. Like, this is your moment. And I love seeing people in that moment. I love just seeing just, I like when people are comfortable. I feel like shows in particular are where that like shines yeah a lot of depending on who the band is a lot of very different people that are like coming together and enjoying one similar thing and these totally i love seeing the broad array and it's something that everyone there has in common but you're like if i saw the two of you at a grocery store i would not think that you would have that in common necessarily i think it's awesome yeah i i you were talking about someone who sings all the words that was me in chicago when i went to a tori moi concert and um this couple came up to me afterwards and pointed out that I knew every song. It was. Doesn't that feel so good? You're like, I was hoping someone would see. Like, I know yeah. this. I love knowing all the words to songs. It's like one of my favorite flexes. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point that, like, I've downloaded apps on my phone and on my laptop to like pull up the lyrics while I'm listening to it. And I do that almost every time. Like what you were really saying, funny. like you didn't remember like when the first time you heard like a certain artist or something. And my mind went back to like high school when I got into the shins, I went to the Yellow Springs. They used to have that um, record store there. That's now the comic book store, I want to say. And I got like that album. I don't so know why. Don't they? Do they still do both? It used to have like records and stuff. Now I, know, I, I don't remember, but I went there, got that CD and then went home and took like the booklet part out and played it over and over, like just reading all the, like yeah. the lyric packet. I just used to love doing that. There's Mookie. Hi Mookie. Yeah. Uh, which album was that? Wincing the Night Away. And then I did the same thing with We Were Dead Before the Shipping Sank. No, that's Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse. I did do that that same year though. Yeah. Wincing the Night Away is like amazing. Huh? Wincing the Night Away is amazing. It's like one of my favorite albums ever. I just listened to it last week actually. You did? I, mm-hmm. I've been uh learning their songs on guitar because they're actually 
pretty simple. No shit. That's awesome. Thank you. It's a, let's see. I know, actually, I know more of the songs that are from, I can't remember the name of the album, but the one that has like a cartoon cover, it was the illustration. Uh, Shoots Too Narrow or something is on that. What is it? Is that what it's called? I think Shoots it's called Shoots Too Narrow. Yeah. I love the album. Fighting in a Sack. That one's so good. The shins are great. What have you been listening to uh, recently? Okay, so I can go through. Tons of Grateful Dead. Dead and Company, of course. Let me see. Um, Gotten into Chloe and Hallie, actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're... They're younger. I think I saw them reference on TikTok or something. I was like, I want to be relevant. So I looked them up and there's a song called Cool People that is just like, I just listened to it over and over and over and was just like sobbing. Um, let's see, listen to a decent amount of Kendrick, lots of Kanye, just classic. Um, trying to think. Ooh, mostly the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I feel like once you listen to that, that's like what you listen to a lot of yeah. the time. So that's a lot of it. I've just been getting, we started a Google doc to try and like rank like our favorite versions of certain songs. And so I'm spending time with more of like the dicks picks, like live stuff and seeing, you know, poking around. That's what we spend a lot of time listening to. I have to, I'll have to give Grateful Dead another try. It's not like I, I don't think I really thoroughly looked into it. Like, I went to Spotify and like checked the top five. I'm like, oh, I love some of these. I like some of these songs. I've heard some of these songs before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a kind of band that takes a little more. Like you got to give it a a day of a deep dive and yes, really it is a nebulous, about. nebulous beast of information, and it's very, very interesting. They're oh, I recommend something to you actually. So um, as you're getting into it, or while you do, or whatever, or before, watch the Long Strange Trip. It's a documentary that's on um, Amazon Prime, I want to say, and it's just so fucking good. And I feel like once you watch that, you will have faces to the people and like the moments and the times. It will really help because like for me, I just it helps me to know who's playing what and why, what they're going through or whatever. And like they're where they're coming from, because these people are kind of just a random amalgamation of people. There's like an avant-garde trumpet player, this guy with like half his finger cut off from, he plays like ragtime blues, you know, just a little misfit. And then there's this other, you know, it's just all these weird people. And then when you learn about them, it, it makes it more of like a familiarity, sort of like family vibe of like, oh, these are my people and they're playing this for me. Kind yeah. of. I really recommend it. It's also just a really, really, really well done documentary and it's just gripping. I'm a big fan of music documentaries. I will definitely check that Hell out. Hell yeah. You I hope that you watch it and text me about it or <laughs> DM me about it because I want to hear your thoughts on it. Sure, absolutely. I'll see if I can uh get the rest of the guys involved too. We'll make a little movie night out of it. Hell yeah. There's one quote that I can't wait for you to hear. And I feel like you're going to hear it. And I, when you hear a quote from like one of the roadies, like in the side interviews, you'll, I hope that you'll just know it, but maybe you won't, but it was one of my favorite quotes of the whole thing. I'm not going to say it now, but when you hear a line that makes you laugh, let me know. I will, if I identify it, I'll just, I'll text you that quote in quotations and see if that was it. And Okay. Okay. Deal. Deal.